0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. It is, after all, the one hour a day I spend away from my children. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, December 2nd, the Toys or Trash edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
2: I'm Zach Rosen. I host the Best Advice Show, a very tiny advice show featuring your best advice. I live in Detroit with my family. Noah is four and Ami is one.
0: My name is Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's eight and a half, and we live in Los Angeles, California.
1: On today's show, we answer a question from some parents whose kids keep bringing home toys when they go to play at the neighbor's. How do you politely refuse donations you don't want? Then we discuss how to prepare a skittish four-year-old for an overnight medical procedure. On Slate Plus, happy Hanukkah! We are discussing religious customs and how we do or don't introduce them to our kids. First though, we're gonna kick off the show with triumphs and fails. Jamila, do you have a triumph or fail for us this week?
0: Naeem and I went to a birthday party this weekend for a young man who's a friend of mine's son. He turned 11 he's friends with Naima. I waited till the last minute to buy a gift and a card or whatever. I get what I think is a really great gift. And I see a card and it says, when I see you, I see royalty. I got this from a black bookstore. Shout out to Malik Books and the, um, Fox Hills Mall. And on the inside it says period. So when I see you, I see royalty period. I'm like, that's a nice message right and for a young man and then on the inside it also has a a little picture of lena horn and it says you have to be taught to be second class you're not born that way and i was like okay cool and i was like you know this is a nice feminist boy i can buy him a card with a woman on the inside like that would like why would i not buy him this card because it has a picture of a woman on the inside lena horn's a hero so i buy him the card So we're filling out the card in the car before the party. I take another look at the card, and then I read it to myself again. And I think it's intended to be read more along the lines of, When I see you, I see royalty. Period. Like, I think this is a card made for a (laughs) 35-year-old Black woman, and I bought it for an 11-year-old Black boy. And that was not my best move. And so I fill it out in the car. The only pen I have is pink. And so I write... Hey, I hope we can all have a good laugh at this card. I didn't think it through, but you are royalty. And so Naima then pulls out a black pen that she was holding out on me, I guess. Um, And instead of just signing her name, she writes, I tried to be more professional than my mom and use black ink. Happy birthday anyway, Naima. So all that to say, we're officially that family. This is how we show up to your birthday party with a weird card and a weird story. Um, yeah, not my not my best purchase. Not my best uh, presentation to uh, a young peasant man.
2: <laughs> I just like how you, the journalist, is being edited by your daughter in real life.
0: In real life. Constantly. Yeah. She does yeah. that to me out loud. She'll say... Say that again, but this time saying, like, she'll have switched some, some words around or, like, shortened it <laughs> a little bit.
2: <laughs> Editor and director, Naima.
1: I love that so much. <sighs> All right. Zach, try or for fail.
2: Uh, I'm going to follow that fail with a fail. Uh, this is an embarrassing one. Kind of. My <laughs> 14-month-old has, like, a lot of teeth now. He has, like, four... <laughs> Top teeth touching each other, two on the bottom touching each other. And I'm telling you that they're touching each other because that means we're supposed to be brushing teeth now. Yes. According to dentists. And it's (laughs) like, I don't know how the heck to brush his teeth. He wants no part of it. Like, this is his dental hygiene and i feel like i need to be more persistent i feel like i need to but i don't want to give him this bad association of like you know holding his arms down and forcing his (laughs) mouth open to brush because then toothbrushing just becomes you know twice daily torture Mm -hmm. so i've just kind of like pretended that i'm not supposed to be doing it now and i'm just ignoring it he doesn't have bad breath he has the sweetest (laughs) breath but um i gotta figure something out because health
0: yeah (laughs) what about a little toothpaste on your
2: finger mm. or
1: even a, a washcloth
0: yep. you could do it with a
1: washcloth oh, look at these
2: moms i feel so the much better already
1: get like a adult toothbrush and just let him chew on it a bunch mm. that helps with just the sensation like just let him me- uh-huh. get like a clean one That's a good idea. Idea. Right? and just let him like have it to mess with it's a good teething toy Mine then when I handed it to them would put them in their mouth and then I could just sort of
2: oh god because I don't is think great. they need
1: you to get like a good brush you know this isn't like a two
0: minute you just exercise. need to knock the dirt off
1: <laughs> just yeah. a
0: little little something on the
2: top. One of the websites said like you should be try- you should be flossing too and I'm like all right uh, fuck you no that's crazy pants. <laughs> uh, this is great advice thank you I'm gonna try this tonight. <laughs> oh my failure feels so much softer now good
1: luck report back.
2: <laughs> I will.
0: What about you,
1: Elizabeth? I have like a success mixed with a failure. The success was like my trip to the Galapagos was amazing. It was amazing traveling with just Henry. He was in his complete element. I equate this to like if you took a kid who was really into a sport to like a professional sporting get. That was what this was for him. Like he was around people doing like legit marine biologists doing their work and sharing it with people which is what he wants to do and that was super cool and everybody just wanted to like share information with him and he is just like a sponge so that was great um it is really hard to switch from parenting three in kind of chaos to parenting just one that needs very little (laughs) Like Mm. Henry is pretty much perfectly capable. I perceived every situation as like I had three in danger. So a big part of the trip, which is why we didn't take the little ones was deep water snorkeling where you essentially like jump off a Zodiac and are snorkeling with all these amazing creatures, but there's nothing near you. There's current. You have to be a very strong swimmer. I made my nine-year-old hold hands with me. I made him constantly check in with me the first day. Uh, until it just occurred to me that I'm being insane. This child is a great (laughs) swimmer. He's enjoying things. There are two guides with us who are not going to let anything happen to him. And as long as he's staying with a group and not hurting someone else, I need to just zip it. And once I did that, it was so much better. But it was so hard because I'm so used to trying to keep all the ducks in a row um that you know he was like diving under and i was like are you clearing your snorkel properly are you doing all of this (laughs) he's like dude i know how to snorkel so that was a little bit of of you know hard but i i was um on the cruise with a lovely couple who was traveling with their mom and they are listeners of the show so that was fun but his mom who's older is like constantly telling him and his partner like doing mom things like oh you know come over here do you have your passport out like all this stuff and that made me feel good that like this is just ingrained i can't some of this i can't help i'll be doing it Mm -hmm. forever (laughs) you know she's like needs his help getting on the zodiac and and she's asking him like do you have your life jacket buckled (laughs) so i just you know it's ingrained and and then I got home and I'm dealing with, um, Jeff let the boys decorate for Christmas, the two little boys and him. And it was a wonderful activity. They had a great time. The house looks like Christmas threw up and I'm trying to just be like, <laughs> thank you so much for decorating. <laughs> you know, like how, cause, cause it would be really detrimental. I think if I were like, this is all wrong. It is. I want to be clear. It is all wrong. Um, but I think I have to leave it. And that's a personal challenge. <laughs>
0: You do have to leave it. You can add.
1: Yeah. You can make
0: mild adjustments, but that'll be heartbreak city if you change things around.
1: I take a deep breath before I go downstairs, and I think they did it because they thought that would take something off my plate when I got back, and I need to sit there. But it's very hard. That is a place. That's a good place (laughs) to sit, though. That's a good exercise. I'm just just like, okay. But they are so proud of it, so...
0: Go to your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline
3: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film,
2: If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's being read, as always, by the beloved Shasha Leonard.
4: Dear mom and dad, my partner and I have two great boys, two and a half and four and a half. We've prioritized larger toys they can use together. And we have a rule that smaller things need to be contained in storage cubes around the house. These kids are not hurting for toys. I promise. We have some neighbors we are close to who have two kids, seven and four. My problem is that every time my kids come home from the neighbors, they have a new toy. And I'm not trying to be a snob here, but they're crappy toys that the seven and four year old no longer want. And I don't want my house filling up with them either. We're talking two or three things a week. It's also setting my four and a half year old up to think that he basically gets new things whenever he wants. I tried a one in one out policy, but I couldn't keep up. If this was initiated by the adults, I would have no problem speaking to them and asking them to stop, or at least slow down significantly. I've personally had a similar conversation already with their mom, who used to regularly stop by with things we didn't need or had even previously refused, such as a ready-made dinner I'd already politely declined. In this case, though, it's the kids. Part of me feels like it would be wrong to squash their budding generosity, and if I'm honest, I've tried and it didn't work. Having my kids turn them down is never going to happen either. Clearly it runs in the family, but I'm drowning in crappy toys. What's the move here?
0: You have to be firmer with the mother. You mm. have to say, you know, we are so touched by your generosity. Your family is always so kind and so giving. It's something we really love and appreciate about you all. However, we are out of space. My little ones cannot bring any more toys in. In fact, on their birthdays, you know, we're limiting the amount of toys that they can get. Like, we are out of space. Like, be very clear about that. And if you need to say it yourself directly to the children, you can. You know, like, it's going to be hard for them to be the bad guys here. So, you know, you can say, I'll talk to your friends and and say, hey, you know, it's so nice that you want to give... My little ones, your toys. You know, something that we do when we have toys that we don't want anymore is that we donate them, you know, and you can identify a place in the community where you've given things before or where you would give things if you were making a donation and pass the name along to the mom and let her know that this would be, you know, a great place for handing down some of these things that your children have such a generous spirit. And maybe you can make an activity of this and maybe we can all do it together. You know, we'll gather some toys, you gather some toys. We'll have a play date of going and and gifting things to kids who can use them. But you all have to just learn to refuse them. And Zach's a little closer to that age group. He may have some more insight about um, what to say in the painful conversation with your kids. But I would just say, be firm. You know that you are fortunate to have so many toys and that there are kids that do not have toys and it wouldn't be fair for you to have a room full of toys that you cannot reasonably play with when there are kids who do not have toys at all, you know? And so instead of thinking about getting something every time you go to your friend's house, you should be thinking about things that you can be giving away too.
2: That totally resonates with me. And you're right, I am, I'm right in the sweet spot of this right now with our four-year-old. It's, it's mid-Hanukkah right now where they think that they're going to be getting presents every night, and just as an exercise, like we got her a couple things, her aunts and uncles and grandparents got her some stuff. And just as an exercise, I was just talking about this with my wife, we're not giving her something tonight because she needs to know that she's not entitled to any gift. You know, we practice being thankful for, for what she does have, but it's really hard. That initial conversation of no, you can't have this or no, you're not getting this because it's so sad to see our kids sad and that is something that makes them sad, but it's temporary and I did this also with t v the other day, like my daughter asked if she could watch t v and it like wasn't the prescribed time, and I just said no, and like she really wanted to, and she kept asking, and I was like, "No." and she heard me like she she's starting to understand the no um and that takes that's that's some real development there, and I don't think that the two and a half year old from our letter writer is going to quite get that. But if they see their older sibling, you know, taking this with grace, maybe, maybe they'll follow in their footsteps, but man, there is, uh, so much crap that ends up in our house. (laughs) And it's so interesting. Like just watching my daughter, she's so excited to get the gift. And then, I mean, you all, you know, this like five minutes later, like you say, letter writer, they're not, they're not even playing with it. So, I think it's just probably a conversation we're going to be having with our kids over and over and over for, you know, a dozen years or more. And it's just going to take that persistence. And I I really appreciate, Jamila, what you were saying about, you know, acknowledging how generous these these friends are being. Like, it's really great. Thank you so much, but no. It's like, thank you, but no. It's kind of a two-part, you know, a two-part process here. Thank you, but no. And, you know, I think the earlier we start enforcing these boundaries with our kids, whether it's about gifts or TV or anything, like it's going to prepare them for, for the brutal world where they will not always be or even often be getting what they want. So short-term pain is going to be long-term maturity.
1: I think you guys, like your advice is spot on. I'm really interested with this idea that she feels the responsibility to not squash the budding generosity of her neighbor, <laughs> yeah. in, like of these children, because to me, she has like taken on this idea that like, if we never say no, then they are, they cannot be generous. And I, I, Jamila, I think your advice, which Zach just highlighted to say, to acknowledge the generosity but pass on the items is so important. And it's important for them to learn too. I just think about like, Mm -hmm. so often we are offering things to people because it's hard to get rid of something that we once loved or that we used and see it go to the trash. It like somehow devalues that. I mean, think about when you give away baby stuff, right? Like you're like, if my friend would just take this outfit, then I, it's like I've (laughs) guilt-free, you know, someone else is going to use it. They need it. I guess I feel like letter writer... You don't have to take on that responsibility. You can acknowledge the generosity and set the boundary, not only with your kids, but with these neighbors, too. Because I think yeah. part of being a good giver or being generous is giving to people who need it and not just passing your physical baggage onto someone else. So... Having the conversation with the mom or even with the kids when they're over to just say, we are so thankful that you offer these things to us. But like Jamil mm-hmm. said, we don't need this. And here are some ways that you can give it to people who need it. I I was thinking that a, if, if all of this is like too much having this kind of confrontation, that I that can would be a lot for some because it can be a lot to maybe mm-hmm. say to these neighbors in preparation for the holiday, we are cleaning out. Um, you know, our toys that are still in good shape, but we don't play with, and we are going to bring them to X. Would you like to do the same? And we'd love to take it for you.
0: That's a great idea.
1: So that you are doing this, you know, generous, nice thing. You're cleaning out your clutter. You're also cleaning out their clutter. I also want to tell you that if they gave your kids something and your kids brought it home and all that's been arranged, it's yours now. You can throw it out or donate it or do whatever. You do not have to keep it just because someone gave it to you. And if the situation is that they cannot get rid of things except to hand them to someone and you cannot handle the confrontation, all of that is fine. It is okay to just have a box and clean it out. Every move, every year before Christmas, I clean out all of those little toys um, that we just they don't need to have in our house, you know, tiny cars, all of that. They make great. I'm going to, I haven't talked about geocaching in a long time. So (laughs) here it comes. They make great things for geocaches. This is something else that you could suggest to her. Just putting them in a bag. There are definitely geocaches near you. And these are perfect little toys to leave in there or to go find a geocache on the little app. It'll say, like, there's nothing in there. We sometimes find those and go put a whole bunch of things in that geocache so that other people that come by can take one of those little trinkets. So I I think there are lots of ways in which you can help have this, this conversation your kids are much younger than their kids also, so I think it's okay to have a conversation with their parents or their kids. Like, the seven-year-old should totally be able to understand, like, we just don't really want our kids bringing home toys from other places, and the parent should definitely be able to understand we don't want to set the expectation that every time you go play at someone's house that you have to leave with some kind of gift. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways to approach this, but I I just read this letter and feel like, the letter writer is, is there but feels like, oh, I have this responsibility to make sure that they're so generous um, that I don't want to squish that. And I just feel like that's not your responsibility. And also that's not really what you're teaching. You're teaching them, go ahead and give their stuff <laughs> away all the time. You know, yeah. I think there's a way to, to set that boundary because it's clearly making you nuts. So absolutely, <laughs> it's okay to say no.
2: I just have two quick final thoughts here. I think the thing to continue stressing is like the thing that's great about our friends is our friends and not the things that they give us. It's like mm. we yeah. the the gift is this friendship. You know, the stuff is a byproduct, but like hanging out is the is the gift. That's why we are in relationship with these people. We like hanging out with them. The stuff doesn't matter. We like them. Stuff doesn't matter. And I think, I mean, I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm trying to just keep saying that to my daughter. I don't know if it, if it works. And the next thing is um, a way to tell your neighbor uh, about this is you could, you could sing them Eminem's Cleaning Out My Closet. <laughs> you could do a cover version of it. I'm sorry, neighbor. <laughs> I never meant to hurt you. I never meant to make you cry. But tonight we're cleaning out our closets.
0: Very Detroit of you.
2: Yeah, I had to do that for, for my friend Marshall.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for writing in. And we we truly wish you good luck in this season of things coming into your house that you are able to, to stop the flow from the neighbors. Everyone else, if you want to share your parenting dilemma
5: with us, you can email
1: us at com. This episode
5: is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: With that resolved, we're moving on to our second listener question. Take it away, Shasha.
4: Hi, Mom and Dad. I've been a longtime listener, and my relationship and parenting has benefited from all your awesome advice throughout the years. Here's our conundrum. Our soon-to-be four-year-old is set to be undergoing surgery in a few months to remove her tonsils and adenoids. When I last tried to prepare her for a cavity procedure at the dentist, Let's just say the preparation, including the sound and vibration of an electric toothbrush, scared her, and she's since banished these toothbrushes. How much would you try to explain why we need to go to the hospital, likely spending the night, and then recovering at home afterwards? Can Daniel Tiger help us out with this one? In any event, how much bribing do you think we should do? Thanks so much. From Snoring Dad has no clue.
1: You guys, this is going to be me henry has his tonsillectomy scheduled and i haven't told him it's it's coming up in december and i just have said nothing so i may not be much help with the advice but I'm (laughs) i'm dying to know what i'm supposed to do
0: well, first of all, you should be commended for going through with the procedure. I needed this done when I was a kid and my mom was too afraid to let me go under anesthesia. And so I still have my tonsils. And I still have my adenoids and got wow. strep throat like once a year for many years. Stopped getting it for a bit. And then I like, got it in college like every time I had like it was just the worst. Um, So, yes, it's great that you're uh, taking care of that. You and Letter Writer. I would say, you know, the great advantage between this procedure and an electric toothbrush is that your kid's going to be asleep. Yeah. You know, and so bribing, big time bribing, ice cream, all of it you know yeah. like this should be a cozy recovery period and a cozy period going into the surgery everything you can do to make your little one feel comfortable special pajamas special pillow roll out the red carpet make some brownies you know favorite meal up until or whatever the last meal before you have to stop eating should be a special meal you know so if that's breakfast you know go to denny's or something you know do it up you know, let your little one know that she's got something going on inside of her that's making her get sick. And she's got to hate feeling sick. Don't you hate it when you get those colds or those infections where we have to go to the doctor and you have to take the antibiotics? Because if you're at the point in which you're getting a tonsillectomy, And your adenoids removed. I'm imagining that you all have been dealing with these infections for a while. And so she's aware that there's something, you know what I mean? Or she's aware that she's been sick, right? And so now you can talk to her about the cause of that. I know that, you know, um, may sound a little scary, the idea of going to the hospital and and, and having a, a procedure. But the good thing is you'll be asleep the entire time. So they'll give you some medicine. And while you're asleep, they'll take care of it. And this is a procedure that's done every day, many times a day, usually on children, almost exclusively on children. Um, You'll feel fine. You're, you know, when you come out of it, you'll have to eat soft foods and drink liquids for a few days, so soup and sherbet and ice cream and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel so much better, and you're not going to have these infections anymore, and that is exciting. And we're not going to have to take that medicine, and you're not going to have to miss activities, and you're not going to have to not be able to see grandma. You're, not, you're going to feel better when this is done. You know, I, I think with that information, this is probably one of the less scary things that a little one can do in a hospital
2: this is good advice and I also think letter writer you asked if Daniel Tiger can help out with this one yes there is specifically a Daniel Tiger episode about going to the doctor and more so Doc McStuffins Mm -hmm. if you don't know Doc McStuffins this would be a great assist for you Doc McStuffins is uh, a child who is a doctor to all of her stuffed animals and I think what i've found to help my four-year-old is when she is essentially deputized to you know be the doctor if she's going to go to the doctor then she's going to become the doctor and she has to take care of her stuffed animal when we go to get a covid test she has to be brave for her her brother and so it's like okay well you're going to get the surgery but so is your favorite stuffed animal and Mm -hmm. you have to you have to prepare your stuffed animal and so your daughter is now modeling you know kind of courageous behavior and uh i think that kind of the more you talk about how interesting and cool it is to you know be a be a doctor and to you know go and get there's it's really cool um tools that they're going to be using and they're going to be in your mouth and it's going to be cool and you're not even going to feel it like i think the more you you stress that the better it'll be and i got my tonsils out when i was 11 but i it's it's one of like one of my fondest memories from childhood because my mom she slept in my room we had slumber parties every night she bought me a clapper um you know you 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 clap twice and the lights turn on and off in case i needed anything uh we watched movies all week this is the first time i saw the movie that thing you do we got chinese food like a couple times and yeah it's kind of similar to the travel thing like throw away any rules you have about screen time desserts it's just like we're gonna be on vacation after after this surgery, you are going to watch whatever you want. You're going to eat what you want. And I mean, that that's going to get you pretty far, I think.
1: I'm here to take a note, Zach. Okay, sleep in the room, order whatever food.
2: Yeah. And also, I wouldn't tell them so far before the surgery. You don't need to give them a month heads up. Give them a couple days. And I mean, it's like be casual when you're bringing it up don't be like i have to tell you something be like so like we're going to do this this thing and you know it's going to kind of be fun and it might be uncomfortable but it's going to be fun and you know couple couple days heads up i think is all is all i would do
1: that's where i really struggle is with the like tell of course my child is 9 but telling yeah. the like how far in advance because i know he needs some time to process but if i give too much time their imaginations run wild and there's more time to come up with it. But I also don't want to be like, good morning.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Today yeah.
1: we're going to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah. Three to five days.
1: So we've certainly had, Henry has had so many medical procedures. And the one thing I, I felt like the advice I could give on this, cause I'm still really struggling with like how to prepare for such a big thing. But, um, is to, to walk through some of the details because nine times out of 10, what Henry freaks out about is not the procedure. But like, for example, during the MRI, I had really prepared him about the noise and about all the things that I guess I was nervous about. And the fatal flaw for that was the gown, like the idea that he wouldn't be in his own clothes. Um, whereas uh, like now that I know uh, that that's something he's anxious about, I'm able to deal with that, with the with the hospital with the sur- you know it's like he's happy to wear scrubs he doesn't like the feeling of no pants mm-hmm. they're happy to let him wear scrub pants during this surgery um because they can cut them off you know it's right. like there mm-hmm. are solutions to some of these problems so the other thing is if those problems arise on the day of be really honest like i during the mri i was trying to get him just to calm down and honestly i should have just asked like he needs he wants to wear pants what can we do um your hospital probably also has a child life specialist, and in in my experience, if they have one of these, try to contact them before or see if they'll be on hand. They deal with exactly this all the time and can guide you through ways to deal with you know, discussing all of this. Um, A lot of times they have resources and books, but they, I almost always ask for the child life specialist just with blood draws. Henry gets really nervous about, I think uh, I've told the story of him like screaming under the chair and me being Mm -hmm. like, are we going to get this done? Um, And it was at that point that I learned that there's actually someone in most of these hospitals who is there to help with kids and explain things and be there so that you don't have to just like hold them down. I think the other thing in explaining all of this to your child is that I try to make it very clear that we are doing this, like that this is a decision that that we as the adults have made for him. And I understand that he is scared and that he might not like that decision, but that no matter how much we scream or what we do, this procedure needs to happen. And I, I think that's important because it takes away that idea of like, well, if I hide or if I do this or if I do this, it won't have to happen. And we can deal with like what we're actually scared of. Like what are you actually scared of? Because it could be that they're, you know, scared of the gown. It could be that they're like legitimately scared. They might die. And, and those are Mm -hmm. two very different things Mm -hmm. to address. So I think making sure you kind of have an honest conversation don't like say, are you, sc- are you scared you're going to die? <laughs> because to your four-year-old, that, that may not even be on the table. I just also think you have to deal with your own fear outside of your child, too. That's kind of where I am, is that I'm not even ready to have the conversation. Because although I know that he needs this, and that's been made very clear to me, I have to sort out all of my feelings and indecision about it before I go to him. Or at least know what my, you know, issues are so that I'm not asking him to deal with those as well. So I think particularly for a four-year-old, like making sure that um, someone is in the room and that with them all the time. I know being alone is something else that a lot of times they're scared of. It's like less about the surgery, but like, are you going to leave me? Mm. And so then anyone else that you're going to have there supporting, make sure that they're not um saying like oh this is so scary like you all want to be on the same page of like we're here for you we're going to be here we're here when you fall asleep i'm going to be here when you wake up like like making sure all of that is going to happen i really feel for this letter writer because it it's it's so hard to like prepare them but also not scare that you know not scare yeah. them because i think that's kind of what happened to this with the with the electric toothbrush is like you're like hey it's kind of like this and then their their imagination goes yeah wild
2: yeah and then once you get to the other side of it you'll see i think they'll they'll be so much braver for what comes next because they'll realize okay like i did a hard thing and i'm fine now and so but yeah i get it getting to that day is is the hard part
1: i did read this question to my kids and said should they should this parent bribe their child and they were all like yes all the yeah. bribes so-
2: yes definitely <laughs> secretly all bribes.
1: gathering research i mean i have like purchased a large lego to work on with henry for the days following the surgery because i know that's something that he will be excited about and i'm hoping that as i sell the surgery to him it's like i'm actually just going to be like see this lego (laughs) it's an exchange for your tonsils yeah so good luck you got this we hope we helped and we sincerely wish you good luck with the surgery please keep us updated we'd love to know did you bribe what worked we want to know all the details. If you have a parenting conundrum, we would love to hear from you. Just do what this listener did and email us at slate.com. All right. So we are now on to recommendations. Zach, what are you recommending this week?
2: You've probably noticed, listener, that I talk a lot about cooking because my daughter's super into it. I'm super into it. And uh, she has become a big fan of, have you all seen Men with a Pot on Instagram? No. Okay, so they're five-minute videos of an anonymous guy cooking decadent, gorgeous meals in the forests of Poland. What? There's no dialogue. Um, It's just him chopping. It's like him building a fire, chopping vegetables and and prepping food, and then making it on an open fire, and then taking a bite. Each video ends with him just taking the first bite of like the most marvelous meal you've seen. We watch it before bed. Um, It's like the last thing she and I do before we go to bed and it's inspiring. If you're feeling kind of in the rut with cooking and it's also just I, to me, it's guilt-free it's guilt-free content for both of us. And one of the rare things that we can actually both enjoy together men with the pot.
1: Love it. I'm checking it out now and it yeah, it's very relaxing.
2: It's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's kind of like ASMR Yeah, <laughs> um, plus, plus a food show.
0: I love it. Sounds good, except for it sounds like me with a fork in the refrigerator (laughs) after watching
2: it. Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: What
1: do you have for us, Jamila?
0: You know, I love to recommend a show that's been on for a while that everybody's probably already watched. um, But I'm I'm typically late to TV and streaming parties. Um, I am recommending Love Life. I have only watched season one. I've had multiple people tell me to watch season two. It's about a black dude. um, And I forget the actor's name, but he was on The Good Place. So he's a familiar face. And all my friends are super into his season. And so I just started from episode one, season one, without thinking. And like two minutes in, I was annoyed 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, my God, this woman is me. I am this woman. It is so good. (laughs) I could not believe how much I related to this character. It was overwhelming. Um, It's a show. It's on HBO. Uh, Each season, there's only two seasons in, it takes on a character um, and takes a look at these kind of definitive moments in their love life. So early Mm. heartbreaks, their relationship to perhaps one of their parents. Um, and it's just really well done. And yeah, I loved it. So Love Life season one, I can definitely recommend and I'll be back with thoughts on season two soon because that's my next binge.
1: I just binged this on the plane. This is what I watched Uh, on the plane. So if you're flying Delta, it's on Delta. (laughs) Isn't (laughs) it it good? good. It's so good. I clicked on it because I was like, "Eh, okay, Anna Kendrick, uh, you know, same thing. The first episode, I was like, what is this? And yeah. then I was like, okay, I'm so in. Like, like I was fast forwarding through slow parts so that I could finish it on this flight. <laughs> yes.
0: It's so good. It's so good. It's It's so really good.
1: charming too. Like, it felt really like real. She dates some like, you know, kind of crazy, but she also gets into a lot of like very normal dating situations and, and has a hard time ending them. And I feel yeah. like that's really mm. relatable
0: it was there were just a lot of for me like the way she wants to love and be loved you know what i mean yes. like i just felt so and just kind of how easily she got excited by somebody she was interested in and and how hurt and you know how like the guy she didn't think was thinking of her is the one thinking of her and you know yeah. like yeah it's just really it, it's quite a show
1: it's mm. so good i lo- oh my gosh i love it so much William uh, Jackson
2: Harper is the guy that stars in yes. season two.
1: Yes, I'm excited I actually
0: didn't know there was a season two. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's where I'll be.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> got no. Gotta go binge season two.
0: <laughs> I'm definitely watching it very soon.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I am recommending a free printable reading advent calendar um, from everydayreading.com. Mm. And I will the link will be in the show notes. But basically it's a coloring page that you can print and it has 24 reading prompts at the bottom for your favorite christmas books it's things like um color number one when you read with a cup of hot cocoa color number two when you um read a book about snowmen but it's on a huge coloring sheet i mean you can print it the vlogger recommends printing it at 36 by 48 an engineering print, which is what I did. So I have like a huge print. It costs like $7 at the copy shop down the street. And it's, it's so much fun. Like the kids can color it, but it's also kind of 24 short reading books. We can read, you know, whatever's appropriate, but we get to color it in. And it's just a fun holiday thing. So, um, print it. It doesn't have to be done. We don't really ever do it like one per day. We just try to do all 24, um, before Christmas and if this particular print this is kind of like woodland creature she has two others from years past and you could print whichever one or print all three or whatever you want to do but check out the free printable from everydayreading.com Cool, cool. Alright that's it for our show before you go please subscribe to the show and if you have a question for us you can always email us at momanddad@slate.com or post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group just search for Slate Parenting also, if you're looking for a way to reward yourself this holiday season, please consider signing up for Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. It's only $1 for the first month, and members will never hear another ad on our podcast or any other Slate podcast. You'll also get free and total access to Slate's website. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash plus. Again, that's slate.com slash momanddadplus. plus. Thanks! Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Zach Rosen and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening.
4: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.